Numerous people have told me how awesome cruises are. They said, I would love going on a cruise, but to me, it sounds boring. Being trapped on a boat for a week and seeing nothing but water. And they say, I know, I've, everyone says I've got it all wrong, but I don't know if I'm willing to spend the time and the money to find out if that's true or not. It's like the time I went to Las Vegas and the time I went to Cancun because everybody said I was going to love it and I had to go. And I hated both of them and, I, and people told me I was supposed to love it so much so I went back a second time to both of those places just to make sure I really hated it and I did. So that's four vacations I will never get back so I'm not willing to risk it. Interestingly, one of the symbols of the Catholic Church is a boat. It's called the bark of Peter. A bark is another word for a boat. If you can see St. Peter the Apostle over here, he's standing in a boat with a net. And it's more than just because he was a fisherman. It's because the boat represents the bark of Peter, the church, right? And he's a fisher of men. Technically, a bark is actually a sailing ship with three or four masts. That's the church. I think people, however, see the church more as a luxury cruise ship. One comes aboard and enjoys all that it has to offer, but we let the professionals do the real work. We have the captain, the engineer, the stewards, the whole crew, and our job is to be good passengers. Follow the safety rules, go see the doctor if you get sick, get along with the other passengers until you are delivered safely to your destination. That is not the Catholic Church. It may appear so from time to time when the wind is fair and the seas are calm and the ship is in good shape and the courage of the fearless crew is sure. But we are not a luxury ship. We are on a bark. There's still the captain and the chief mate and the boat swaying, but there are no passive passengers. It's all hands on deck. Even at this very mass, it's not enough just to be here. We can't sit in our deck chairs and let the crew man the boat. That's not what Jesus set up. So we can't just say, all right, I was told to go to Mass, I went there, check, off the list. I did that and got it over with. Jesus told us today when he was asked, is everyone getting into heaven? He said, try to pass through the narrow gate, for many will attempt to, but they will be unable. These passages are difficult. But they're there, and by God, we have to deal with them. It's like, remember a few years ago when we had the change in the missile, the translation of the mass, and one of the most difficult word changes for a great many people were the words in consecration. When we used to say, take this, all of you, and drink of it, for this is the, child, uh, the cup of my blood which will be poured out for you and for all. Now it's reworded poured out for you and for many. I can see how this might be upsetting, but the problem is it's a truer translation of what Jesus actually said. And it's best if we deal with what he actually said rather than what we wish he had said. So it's the same with today's proclamation. Even though some said we ate and drank with you and you taught in our streets, he will say, depart from me. We can't just blow this off and hope for the best. What is he trying to tell us? What does he want to give us? 
In order to avoid such questions, a great portion of people who still consider themselves Christian adhere to what sociologists refer to as moralistic therapeutic deism, moralistic therapeutic deism. And it has five characteristics, limited to five characteristics. Number one, God made the world and watches over human life. Number two, God wants people to be good and fair as taught in the Bible, but also in many world religions. Number three, the goal of life is to be happy and to feel good about yourself. Number four, God does not need to be involved in one's life unless there is a problem. And finally, five, all good people go to heaven. But is this good enough? Does this sound like try to pass through the narrow gate? Does it sound like the God who died on the cross for our salvation and who said to us, pick up your cross and follow me? Does it sound like a person who is working on the boat or someone who is relaxing on the deck chair? Is it not interesting that when Jesus was describing those who don't make it through the narrow gate, he doesn't say, because you weren't good enough. Or he didn't say, because you didn't check off everything on the list. He says, it's because I do not know you. I do not know you. So the faith is not about fulfilling a list of obligations. It's about being transformed into something with someone. Faith and mass and prayer is not for spectators. It's not like watching TV. It's like dieting and lifting weights. We're being engaged and somehow being transformed, slowly transformed. Like this, you know, I'm a city boy. I was born a city boy. All my parishes, almost all my parishes have been in the city. I'm still living in the city. And about 20 years ago, I gained the friendship of a friend who has a farm. And he would, I would go out on the farm. It was a horse farm. And uh, he would have me help him with the horses. And horses are big. They can do a lot of damage. And they're not clean animals. A lot of your work is keeping everything clean around them. So there I am, a city boy, being very careful around the horses and nervous and trying to stay clean in all my clothes. And as you got into it, I was slowly transforming into a person who works on a horse farm until one day we were working with horses and I ran out of hands to do everything that I, was, I needed to do. So I had the horses lead, and, which was dirty, and I stuck it between my teeth and did what I had to do with the horses. And the guy that was the, the farmer starts clapping. And I said, I said, what? He says, today, you are a farmer. I went, oh. <laughs> so it was that slow transition into becoming something else. And that's the same thing with the faith. If someone were to come to Mass and say, I don't get anything out of this, they are right. Because they're here for the wrong reason. Firstly, if we're not here to get anything out of this, we are here to meet someone, to be in relationship with someone. If you see the Eucharist as a, thing, as, as a thing that you get, that is incorrect. The Eucharist is not a thing, it's a person, a divine person, Jesus Christ. And we are having an encounter with God himself. And that's why for 2,000 years plus, Catholics have crazily and jealously protected the integrity of the Eucharist. And we are not here to get something or even someone out of this. 
We are not here to be passive or entertained. Catholics come to Mass on Sunday to give something, to give thanks, to give praise, to offer their prayers, to be open, to offer themselves to God and to the community, be, to be transformed in this relationship, in this encounter with the living God. If someone walks out of here the exact same person they were when they came in, without even having an inkling, a small idea of something could be changed in their life, or a relationship could be better, or how they drive out of the parking lot should be a little bit different. After 50 minutes or so of wrestling with God, that should be a distress symbol in the heart that something has to change. And the power to do that is in this Mass. One of my favorite quotes is from Ann Dillard concerning the Mass. Why do people in church seem like cheerful, brainless tourists on a package tour to the absolute? Does anyone have the foggiest idea what sort of power we blithely invoke? Or, as I suspect, does no one believe a word of it? The churches are children playing on the floor with the chemistry sets, mixing up a batch of TNT to kill a Sunday morning. It is madness to wear ladies' straw hats and velvet gloves to church. We should all be wearing crash helmets. Ushers should be issuing life preservers and signal flares. They should lash us to our pews, for the sleeping God may wake someday and take offense or the waking God may draw us to where we can never return. 